a blessed day today and a blessed week. And I'm so glad you're with me because I want to talk to you about something so important. How to practice the presence of the Lord. How to stay in that beautiful place of fellowship and communion with Jesus. Because that's the key to victory in the Christian life. Without being in the presence of God, we will have no power to live the Christian life. Because the Lord said, without me, you can do nothing. That is without his presence. The real presence of Jesus in our life. That we're aware of his presence. We can't really live the, the Christian life. So he has to be reality in your heart and my heart on a daily basis for us to live victoriously. And so, Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the promise you've given us to be with us when we call upon you. And Lord, bless your people today with this wonderful word from your precious holy word. I give you the praise. And God's people said, Amen. All right, let's begin with the first round of prayer because we have to understand there are three realms into the presence of God. And the first realm is really found in Matthew 7. Beginning in verse 7, it says, Ask, it shall be given. Seek, you'll find. Knock, it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. He that seeks finds. And to him that knocks, it shall be opened. So we begin with the asking realm. The asking realm is the first realm. We go from there to the seeking realm, from there to the knocking realm. And it's all in one verse, amazingly, so simple for us. So where do we really begin? Well, we begin with what the psalmist talked about in Psalm 63, verse 1, verse 2. And this is daily. There are no leftovers in the kingdom. There is no leftover presence, leftover power, leftover experience. No, we begin fresh daily, daily. So David writes something so powerful in Psalm 63, verse 1 and 2. O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is, meaning no presence of God yet. So I start in the dry place. I start in the dry land. But my desire is to see your power and your glory as I have seen you already in the sanctuary. So Lord, I want to repeat of the experience I've had with you, what I experienced yesterday or day before or week before. I want to repeat of it. I want to see your power as I've seen you already. I want to see your glory as I've seen you already in the sanctuary. So God here is really showing us you and I cannot live on leftovers in the kingdom. There's no such thing as I said. So this realm is called the thirsty land. We all begin every day in the desert, basically. Even though yesterday we were in a fruitful place in the spirit, today we begin in a dry land. And that's really hard to explain sometimes to someone who had not been there. You learn that through experience, and I've had to learn it <laughs> through many painful experiences. Because you always, you know, think, okay, I went to sleep last night with the presence of Jesus so rich, and then you woke up in the morning, and it's all new now. 
You have to start all over again. So you're not yet in God's presence because when you and I begin, we begin in a desert because the flesh must be conquered every day. That's why. See, that flesh, you know, it comes back. So last night, the flesh was, sub was subdued. Last night, everything was beautiful. You, you wake up in the morning, and that flesh is back. Fully forceful, I mean. So you have to bring that flesh under subjection daily. And so Paul the Apostle said something powerful in 1 Corinthians 9. And by the way, we overcome the flesh daily in the dry place. We have to fight it in the dry place. Because as God's presence returns, that flesh is conquered. And so it says, and every man strives for the mastery. And every man who strives for that must be what? It says he must, be, uh, he must have self-control or temperate in all things. Now the world will do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we to obtain a beautiful crown, incorruptible crown. I therefore so run, not as uns uh, uncertainly, and I fight not as one that beats the air, Paul says. I'm reading 1 Corinthians 9, 25 through 27. But I keep under my body daily. I keep. He didn't say I kept. I keep. Or I discipline is the Greek word. I discipline my body daily and bring it, not brought it, bring it, present tense, into subjection every day. Lest that by any means when I preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. So I got to do it, otherwise I'll be a castaway. You know, the flesh comes back, the rust comes back, the problems come back when we, when we wake up in the morning. And so the practice of God's presence is a daily reality. And this is mentioned to us in 1 Corinthians. Actually, let's go to some. I'll, I'll go back to Corinthians just a second with you. But let's go to Psalm 42. I want to read verse 1 through 6. Because this is where we begin, looking for the Lord. And the hunger, you know, as you get in God's, God's presence, that hunger is still there. So he says, as the heart pants after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God, which is daily. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. And then he asks, when will I come and appear before God? I, wanna, I want his, his presence like I knew it yesterday. So when will I appear before him. My tears have been my meat day and night while they continually say to me, where is, your, where is your God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me for I've gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise with the multitude that kept holiday. So David here was experiencing religious activity but not the presence of God. It seems he had had a challenge and maybe neglected God's presence. We don't know how long because he says later, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of, my, of, of his countenance. 
oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. So he has had some challenge here for him to write those words. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan. Wow. So, you know, a lot of people go to church on Sunday once a week and they feel just like this because David said, you know, I have gone with the multitude in verse 4. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise with a multitude that was keeping a holiday, a holy day, not holiday like vacation. They were going to a holy place. They were going to, uh, to, uh, to a feast, uh, a place of feasting in the Lord. But I am not there spiritually. I went with them, didn't change me. Why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you disquieted in me? Hope in God. I shall yet praise him. We sometimes cannot find that quiet place with the multitude. I, I surely have not. In all the years I've, I've lived the Christian life, yeah, I can go to church and I've gone to church in the thousands of times in my own life. And yes, I praise the Lord and rejoiced. But I have not had the change, the deep change in my life like I've had it happen in my own private prayer room. When I went to see Catherine Kuhlman, the Lord touched me, yes. But where did I really meet the Holy Spirit? In my bedroom. Catherine told me about the Holy Spirit in that service I went to. If you read Good Morning Holy Spirit, the book I wrote, it's all in there. It's when I went home. It's when I was alone that the presence of God became life-changing. In the service, it was for a few hours of beauty and God's presence was so rich. But then you go back on the bus, you go back home, you're with people. But the real change happened when I was in my bedroom and continued for a year. Even today, I was in God's presence. And that's why I'm talking to you because I've, I've experienced it this, this very, very day a renewal of the presence of God, the practice of God. I was going to teach on prophecy today. I was really going to teach on prophecy. But I said, no, you know what? The people need what I'm, what I'm experiencing today, the peace, the joy, the contentment, the fulfillment, all in Jesus. The peace that passes all understanding comes when we're in his wonderful presence. But we all begin where I began today. There's no such thing as leftovers. I've been saying it over and over. And you be always begin in the dry land. You always begin that, in that place where you're looking for God all, all, all over again, hungry and thirsty for Him. And this is where we become acquainted with the Lord all, all over again. And something happens in that, in that place that's very important. Hosea talks about it. The prophet Hosea, in chapter 10 of his book, in verse 12, every one of us needs to do this every day. It says, sow to yourselves in righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground, or untilled. Ground that had not been tilled properly. It is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness on you. 
You know, before the presence of God comes, we're fighting the flesh. We're not sure if we're going to make it. The presence of Jesus comes and you overcome like this. And suddenly, you're walking holy, you're walking righteous. You're walking pleasing to the Lord because His presence accomplishes that in us. You can try to live righteous and holy and we all want to, but without His presence, we just don't get there. So He said, without me, you can do nothing. Even loving the Lord, you can't. Pleasing the Lord, you can't. Without Him giving you the ability to serve, the ability to love Him, the ability to please Him. It's all by His wonderful presence in your life. And this is where we begin to break that uncultivated ground that became uncultivated while we were sleeping. Think what, I, you know, what I'm saying to you. Last night or yesterday, let, let's say you had a wonderful time with the Lord. While sleeping, that heart, that, that heart of yours hardens. And in the morning, you got to break that ground all over again. I tell you, it, it's taken me years to learn what, what I'm telling you. Because you, you think you can wake up in the morning, oh, everything is great again. No, no. It starts with good morning again, Lord. The night is over, the day is gone. It's a fresh day today. Give us this day our daily bread. God said to Israel, go look for that man every day except the Sabbath. And they had to get out of the tent to go look for it. And with us, revelation and truth and the presence of God doesn't show up in our tent. We have to go look for it. Just like Israel had to go look for the manna. And this is, I believe, where we, you and I begin as we begin to see God's presence. This is where we begin to be delivered from the part of sin. Because that part of sin reawakens while we're sleeping. It's, it, it wakes up. I've just said something profound. When the body is sleeping, the part of sin awakens in you. And when you get up in the morning, you got to defeat that thing all over again. Remember something. When Jesus justified you and I, we were free from the penalty of sin. But every day we have to overcome the power of sin. And when we see the Lord on that glorious day, we will be free from the presence of sin. I'm going to repeat it. When you got saved and when I got saved, we were free from the penalty of sin. We did not have to pay for the sins that are past, what we did in the past. Now God says, I declare you righteous. That doesn't mean you're free from the power of sin. The power of sin happens daily as we come back to God, as we come back to His presence, we overcome the power of sin every single day. Otherwise, we get right back into it. That's why people fall back into sin, because they, they neglect the Lord. And we've, we've all done it. We've all done it. I have too. Come on. But I've learned you have to go back to the Lord's presence every day to overcome the power of sin. And one day, when Jesus returns, we'll be free from the presence of sin. So, this is where you and I become free from the power of sin when we go back to Jesus and His presence returns. David says in Psalm 39 and beginning at verse 7, he says, And now, Lord, what am I waiting for? 
My hope is in you. I'm waiting for you, basically. And then he says, deliver me from all my transgressions. Because I'm waiting for you, and when you come, Lord, I'll be free. Don't make me the reproach of the foolish. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> so, Lord, what, what, what am I waiting for? You. I'm waiting for you. My, my hope is in you. Psalm 39, 7 and 8. Deliver me from my transgressions. Every day we have to pray that. Don't make me the reproach of the foolish. Now, in that place, when you enter into God's, God's presence, the most difficult thing to do right now is wait. Because you have to wait. And so we read in Isaiah 40, we all know the verse by heart, I think, but let me just read it to you. Has thou not known, has thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint, to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth will faint and, and be weary, but the, and, and the young men will utterly fall, but they that wait upon the Lord. This is it. So don't you know the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, doesn't faint, but we do. He's not weary, but we get weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint, and we faint every day because we need God every day. To them that have no might, he increases strength, but how? They that wait upon the Lord. They will renew their strength. And you need to do it today. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run, not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. We all face challenges. We all face problems. We all face struggles. But in the presence of God, as we wait upon the Lord, His beautiful presence returns. And now we are free from the sin, the power of sin, I should say, and now we get, get back to the, to the altitude we had, we had experienced prior, yesterday or day before. But I would recommend you don't really even miss a day because every day you miss will take you twice the amount to, to, to get back. If you miss a week, it'll take you a week to get back, maybe even more. It, it, it depends on the challenges you've created while absent from God's presence. I'm going to say it again. If somebody is not in God's presence for a week, the flesh comes back fast, fast. And in that time of neglect, the challenges that come sometimes are so massive, it may take longer than a week to overcome them. So I beg of you, don't neglect the Lord. Neglect has a very high price because the heart gets hard overnight. Please hear me out. You could be in God's presence yesterday, but by morning that heart of yours is getting harder than you, you expect it to. But you can break it easy. Why? Because you don't neglect the Lord. You can get right back to plant the land of the heart. Now you cultivate it. Now God's presence returns. Now God begins to talk to you. Now you become strong as you wait upon the Lord. But it really begins with waiting. So don't start by talking. Start by waiting. Because waiting renews the strength. 
You can't pray when you have no strength. You can't call when you have no strength. You wait. And as you wait, he renews his strength. And then something beautiful begins. The spirit comes alive. The human spirit comes alive. And when the human spirit comes alive, then you understand Isaiah 26, 9. It says, with my soul have I desired you. So you wake up in the morning, you want the Lord again, but he says, with my spirit within me will I seek you early. With my soul have I desired you in the night. And that's how it begins. Yes, with my spirit within me will I seek you early. How beautiful. And this is really where it all begins. And now, the minute you seek him with your spirit, Psalm 40 happens. The minute you seek the Lord with your, with your, with your spirit, and this is how, how you know the presence of God is back because it says in Psalm 40, verse 1, listen to this, verse 1 and 2, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the mighty clay. He set my feet upon the rock. He established my goings. And look at verse 3. He had put a new song in my mouth. This is how we know we're back. The song of the Lord returns. Suddenly a melody is born. That's how you know I'm getting back there. My heart is plowed. I've waited and my heart is plowed. And now I begin to feel freedom from the power of sin. And as I feel freedom from the power of sin, a song is born in my heart. This morning, it happened to me today. What a song began in my, in my soul. But it happens every day. God gives us a song every day in our heart, in our heart, not our emotions. Because sometimes you notice yourself singing without planning on singing a song to the Lord. And you're not just singing, you're singing to the Lord. You're ministering to the Lord suddenly, and you're not even aware when it starts, but it starts. And now the, the, the change begins. Okay, I'm almost out of time, so I don't want to get into that part, but, but I want to get into it tomorrow with you. What happens when the quickening starts? So you've waited, you've been quickened, and now, wow, Psalm 59, 9 happens. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm giving you like the order of things. And Psalm 59, verse 9, I've seen it happen today. Because of his strength, will I wait upon thee? For God is my defense. The minute the song returns, God begins to protect you. He protects you from temptations that the devil plans to attack you with that morning. 
all that day. He protects you from weaknesses that we all have, and they begin to weaken, because now you become protected. It all begins with a song. You see the order? You wake up in the morning, wait, wait on the Lord, plow the land, and God begins to set you free from the power of sin, and a song begins, and now a beautiful wall is built around you. Thou art my defense. Wow. And one more verse, and I'm done for today. I, I just, I'm so glad I'm talking to you because I really want you to begin. So he says in Psalm 63, my soul followeth hard after thee, but that is when I began. Then he says this, your right hand is now holding me up. Your right hand upholds me. So not only are we protected, now he carries us. We don't have to carry ourselves. Where is he carrying us? Into deeper places with him. He actually carries you. And all we have to do is wait. Isn't that beautiful? That's all God asks of us. Wait on me. And when you wait on me, I'll renew your strength. When you wait on me, I'll give you power over sin. When you wait on me, I will also defend you from your own weaknesses. And when you wait on me, I will carry you. I will uphold and carry you into my depth, into places you cannot go on your own. You can't find me without me taking you there. Isn't that beautiful? Lord, thank you for your word. Lift your hands and bless them. Thank you for your precious word. Lord, I pray everyone today who is listening to me will wait upon you. That you'll do exactly what you've just shown us. I give you praise. Can we just bless him in the Holy Spirit right now? I worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy your grace, your awesome power, to you with the praise. And Lord, I stretch my hands towards your people and I pray bless them with your presence today. Bless them, Lord, with your depth. And Lord, bring them to a higher place in you. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. Well, precious people of God, I, I just need to talk to you for one moment. And I've been playing our beautiful album, Wings of Worship, it's called. Because when I talk about the presence of God, I really feel that that beautiful worship helps us all, you know, just kind of get back slowly to it. So I pray today you'll do the same. You'll, you'll, you'll walk and talk with the Lord today in a precious way. And you'll have victories. All the problems of life will vanish as you see Jesus, you know. I want to pray with you that God will bless you financially. You know, I talk to you about that every day because I think it's important that we give to the Lord's work. And it's not about money. It's, it's, it's about our faith. It's about our trust in the Lord. Because every time we give, we say, Lord, I trust you to take care of me. In the natural, I trust you're going to take care of my family financially. 
I trust you as I give, I will receive, and my bills will be paid, and I will not get in trouble. I trust you that you're going to give me a new job, because I'm a giver. Givers always win. Takers always lose with God. Give, it shall be given unto you, he said. It shall be given unto you. At the right moment, at the right time. But when people give out of greed, they lose. When they give out of faithfulness, they win. And sometimes sadly people give because they, they, they're looking more for what is God going to do for me. No, no, when we give, we're just saying, I'm faithful, Lord. I love you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. And then he opens heaven and he pours a blessing on us. We can't even handle it because we give out of love, not out of greed. We, we give out of love, not for greed, for love. And when we give for love, it comes. It comes overwhelmingly, beautifully. God begins to bless us financially. So Lord, bless your people. Lord, you said if two agree, you'll do it. I agree with them now, Lord, for that harvest to come out of the abundance of their love for you, their giving to you, and out of the abundance of your love for them, you're going to bless them. Lord, there'd be no lack in their life, no lack in their children's future or life financially. Meet every need, Lord, financially, in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. And share this teaching with your friends. And tomorrow, I'm going to continue. Because this is a beautiful teaching. I can't just rush it. Okay? So I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for being my wonderful family. And I pray the Lord will continue to bless you with his presence. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Benny Hen Ministries has stayed on the cutting edge for the past five decades, making the move from analog television to digital broadcasts, HDTV, the internet, streaming live events, and social media. Today's fast-changing, bold new world brings an entirely new set of challenges. What we did in 1974 when this ministry began, or in 2000, or even 2022, will not be effective in 2023. And who knows what 2024 and beyond will bring. Benny Hinn's ministry has been at the forefront of each innovation that provides a better way of taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world more effectively and efficiently. Today, more than ever before, we stand on the edge of a bold new world. From the beginning, the Lord made it clear that keeping and storing all archives and resources should be a top priority. This is a new hour. This is the Joshua generation. Now, I want to tell you something. The first thing God said to Moses is go down. The first thing he said to Joshua is arise. We're not a people who are going down. We're ones who are rising up. Even with controlled temperature storage facilities, time has been the enemy. Tape warping, decay, housing detachments, cracks, shredding, and breakdowns happen. Older tapes break, disintegrate, and require surgical type methods of restoration. Thus far, we've rescued and digitized 10,500 of the 13,437 tapes from the past half century. To God be the glory. A conservative estimate to finish this digitation process is a million dollars to restore the final 30% of these disintegrating tapes and move everything over to a much more permanent digital format. 
the project, already started, can be completed fairly quickly. Imagine, if you will, what could happen if all of our digitized material could be used to translate everything into every language on Earth. It is possible, even better, how exciting would it be to translate these materials using the same voice as originally spoken, yet in all of the different dialects around the world. Pastor Benny speaks several languages, but imagine if his teachings became available online with him speaking in Swahili, Mandarin, Portuguese, Belarusian, or Cherokee. This amazing AI tool will be useful around the world. Pastor Benny's legacy, life's work, calling, and anointing will be preserved for generations yet to come until the Lord returns. And with artificial intelligence tools that can translate all of the digitized materials into languages around the world, we can truly fulfill our Lord's great commission. Nearly 50 years ago, this great adventure known as Benny Hen Ministries began with one voice. Today, that one voice continues to be amplified over and over through every possible means. It's time to finish the job. What happens next will be the greatest blessing of all.